The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. Good evening, ladles and jelly spoons, and welcome to Bunker Mania, Bunkerzilla UK's official wrestling podcast. We have got a lot of stuff to talk about, so we are not going to waste too much time with the pleasantries today. I am Jeremy Graves. If you are joining us for the first time, thank you very much for joining us. But I am not alone, because of course, I cannot do this without my tag team partner. That being the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good, sir. How the devil are you doing tonight? I am. Doing delightful, and I'm another year older, so I'm old. I'm 37 now. I turned 37 last week, but I'm, I've been 37 for a week, and I already don't like it. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll put it this way: as Diamond Dallas Page may say, "You're 37 years young." Oh, well, that's a good time to start being a wrestler then. There you go, right? <laughs> in fairness, actually, I think DDP didn't start wrestling until he was around this point in his life. Actually, if memory serves, I think off the top of my head, 36. 36, yeah. I think. Was you when can do it, decided... There's time. <laughs> oh, that's going to require a lot of work and a lot of time, which I might not have right now. <laughs> that requires effort. <laughs> oh, I don't want to, I want to do the wrestling, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Bunker Mania. We are live here on Wednesday, the 18th of May. For the first time, Mr. Decadane, which we perhaps want to give a little quick explanation of, we are yes. live on YouTube this time. For the first time, would you want to give a, a little quick overview as to why that yeah. is on this occasion? Yes. So, uh, for nearly about a year, we've been doing this over on the Twitch channel, Bunksitters uh, UK Twitch channel over there. And uh, obviously, a lot of the, all the episodes, or majority of episodes do come over to the YouTube channel uh, a couple of days later. Now, because we there's a lot of changes happened in our in our life, in our sort of actual personal lives over the last couple of uh, months in terms of job changes and stuff like that. So this is a this is a way to kind of simplify the workload and to make sure you guys get the content quicker uh, rather than waiting a couple of days. So basically, as soon as the videos finish streaming here on YouTube, you guys have it straight away. The audio listeners and out there, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this on audio, you'll get that within a day. So you're not waiting too long. You get it pretty quickly. And yeah, we're just going to see how it goes on YouTube for a couple of for a couple of streams. See how it goes. And yeah, that's that's generally it. Nothing nothing's changing with the show. We're still here. We're still talking about it. I think we're doing it every two weeks now. So we'll be two weeks after this episode. We'll do another episode. Um, so yeah, it, that's that's generally it. That's generally in a nutshell, just to kind of simplify things for us and to get you guys the content as soon as possible. Indeed, and if you feel so inclined, why not hit that subscribe button and, and hit that notification bell so you know when Bunkerzilla goes live on YouTube. And now, a thumbs up. Indeed, give, the it, thumbs up. give us the old thumbs up. Yeah. And of course, if you're joining us live in the chat, you can feel free to chat with us as well, because there's a lot to talk about tonight. But you mentioned mm. our audio listeners, good sir. Quick shout yep. out to all of you. If you want to check out the show in audio only form after the fact, we are available on the likes of Spotify, Amazon, Google, you name it, search for Bunker, but for Bunker Mania, and it's a Bunkerzilla, but you name it, search <laughs> for Bunker Mania, and you will more than likely find us there. Good sir, before we get to uh, the, the, the primary order of the day, if you will, any additional notes we should impart on our, on our adoring audience? 
Uh, I have two. So the first one is, if you're watching uh, the replay on YouTube, and of course, if you're listening to audio, uh, do check your descriptions. There are chapter points there. So if you want to skip straight along to a point, want to talk, hit straight to Sasha and Naomi, time code will be there. Same with Double On, I think, and wrestling around the world, all that sort of stuff. And secondly, it's now time to turn to the countdown to Cody clock. Where are we from Cody? He's coming up soon. <laughs> all right. All right, fine. Well, we'll take that. We'll come back <laughs> to the countdown to Cody clock a bit later on. Uh, but let's get on with the show. Indeed, indeed. So the main story of this week, in case you have somehow managed to live under a rock, like I try and do with some things in life, but you couldn't escape this one if you were a wrestling fan. Mm. During Monday Night Raw, as a great philosopher once said, Ian, some stuff happened. Some <laughs> stuff? <laughs> some stuff, that's putting it mildly, Jeremy. Exactly. So if you're not aware, <laughs> the big story of the week is the fact that Sasha Banks and Naomi, for all intent and purpose, as things stand, have walked out on WWE. And this occurred basically during Raw slash just as Raw went on the air as it was being broadcast live. Mm -hmm. When it comes to a timeline of events, here are a few bits and bobs that have been pieced together. We're going to add some more information as we go along. But just to kind of set the scene here, here is some information that we have. Just as Raw went on the air this past Monday, that being the 16th of May for, for reference, it was reported that Sasha Banks and Naomi had walked out of the arena. They were originally scheduled to take part in a six-woman match at the six-pack challenge, if you will, as WWE likes to call it, yeah. to, to decide Bianca Belair's next challenger for her championship. And that would be at the Hell in a Cell premium live event. Mm -hmm. Now, due to the walkout, the main event was changed specifically to Asuka versus Becky. And if memory serves as well, they actually did a specific angle on the show to explain, quote unquote, why that is the case. Yeah, they they cobbled together a very quick promo of, I think, Adam Pearce being incredibly uh, exasperated of saying, oh no, they, they've walked out. We need, we need to change the main event. And then they just went, okay, Asuka and Becky, fight. There we go. And that's and that was your main event. Um, yeah, that's that's it in the simplest of nutshells. But obviously after the show, uh, well, a little but, bit, a little bit during the show as well. <laughs> so let, let's touch on that. So during the actual broadcast of Raw itself, there were references to the fact that both mm. of them had walked out, and I haven't seen the whole show, admittedly, so I can't comment for sure. But Corey Graves was either said it himself or was being fed lines through his commentary headset referencing unprofessionalism, I think, was one word that was being used. I think I can find you the phrase very shortly. Two moments. Cool. Well, while you are searching for that, also during Raw, it was just after Raw had gone off the air, WWE actually issued an official statement on WWE.com regarding this matter. To quote this in full, it's not too long, but again, just to add full context here, quote, when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talent Relations John Laurinaitis's office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts, we'll come back to the use of the word belt, on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had they had, had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. 
Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. End quote. And I do have uh, one of the key lines Corey Graves did say on the show. He said uh, both Sasha and Naomi had summarily, that's a word, summarily, <laughs> and unprofessionally walked out, um, which which I think a lot of people are kind of, kind of, kind of sense that was a fed line or a very yeah. fed line because because we were talking about this on on facebook after it kind of broke on monday or, or tuesday morning actually and there were some very interesting similarities to stone cold walking out for the king of the ring qualifier match against yeah. Brock lesnar that was um, circa 2003 memory serves 2002 2003 uh i believe it'll be before i think before 2003 because uh austin retired at Mania that year, 2003. Uh, let's really think. Brock faced Rock at SummerSlam 02 because he won King. So yeah, it would have been 02 then. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, 02. 02. Yeah. So, so, so the, the, the yeah. statement in and of itself, it's, I mean, first of all, there's the actual final line of this entire thing. I burst out laughing when I saw it. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. How many times through the years has WWE changed a main event, either with no notice, not delivered on something they had advertised, insert more lines as needed? So that, that was quite interesting I, in and of itself. I mean, I mean, there's a good, there's a good, clear thing from two weeks ago called a tag team unification battle, <laughs> which was supposed to happen a backlash and didn't happen. Um, exhibit so, A. Exhibit A <laughs> of many, of many changes. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. That, like, that, you can't you can't help if you know if you know how WWE have usually ended up changing plans at the last minute, <laughs> you know that last line's complete utter bollocks. Um, exactly. So yeah, there's been a lot more obviously during after the event, a lot of the of the reliable and kind of the the more well-known sort of wrestling news sites and that have been kind of trying to find out as much as they can and share. So there are lots of different things coming down. Um, so for example, PW Insider uh, kind of dug into the story a little bit and, and kind of discovered that the, the thing about this six, the six pack match was it was technically supposed to be. So basically the original six was supposed to be, I think Fightful actually reported what the original six was supposed to be first um, was supposed to be, uh, Sasha, Naomi, uh, Oscar, uh, Becky, uh, and then Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. Now on Raw for the last week or so, uh, Dewdrop and Nikki have been starting to get ready to be put together as a tag team because they, as a superhero, is pretty much dead and dead and buried, to be perfectly honest. Um, if you will, so, Team Scotland. Yes, Team Scotland. <laughs> so... The basically some of the, what PW Insider kind of elaborated on a little bit was that the I'm trying to just keep an eye on just making sure I'm reading this correctly. So okay. the so ultimately the idea or the initial planned idea was that Naomi was going to win this six pack challenge. She was going to do it by pinning Nikki. Um, there was a there was a plan of basically the tag team partners were not going to fight one another 
So the match is the match is constructed. So there's a little bit of logic there about the match there, I guess. So, so there would be no interaction between Sasha and Naomi. Yeah, so they wouldn't be fighting yeah. one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Naomi would win, go on to Hell in a Cell, and obviously lose to Belair, to be honest, because Belair's just got the belt. She's not going to drop it so easily. Then we have the another path for Sasha happening. So they were going to make plans for Sasha to face Ronda at Hell in a Cell as well, probably. So the, the, so basically, the use here of the tag team champions is to make the singles champions strong. And you could probably understand from their point of view, uh, as tag team champions, that that's kind of devaluing their, their purpose. It's like they're supposed to be a champ, they're supposed to be champions and they're being put into, well, again, this is where, this is where I can understand the frustration because the women's tag team division has not been booked amazingly well ever since those belts have come in, to be perfectly honest. But it's like they get, they would be in like main event style positions on the card. I don't, I don't know. I don't so know. Th- 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 There's sort of two schools of thought here because they're not being booked as a tag team no. to continue to elevate the championships, which they hold. And they mm. weren't on WrestleMania Backlash. So at this point, it's like, well, what the heck are we going to be doing with these? Were we just going to, mm. is it going to be the perennial WWE thing that they've done for so many years of, they are just belts that you hold for about a year and a half. Case in point, Paul London and Brian, Ke- Brian Kendrick are the first ones that come to mind. They held mm. it for like 16 months or something. I think defended oh, it like once on TV. Didn't Shayna and Nia Jax held them for a ridiculous amount of time? Basically, yeah. It's like you yeah. sort of just have them and it's like when WWE choose to remember, oh, you've got those, yeah. you should defend them. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously but the other school of thought is you're effectively going to be in two, for want of a better phrase, high level, high profile matches mm. involving the two singles champions. In essence, kind of having a champion v champion type scenario. So in, I get in essence, yeah. Yeah. But I suppose in from essence. their point of view, they probably just wanted to do more with the tag team championship. And if they're gonna again, affectionately, I'm gonna call them Team Scotland, if they're gonna start having Team Scotland be a thing and potentially could be challenges for them, that would make sense. Mm. Yeah. I think I've got another I've got another thing which I'll read out. I'll read out. This is coming from this was shared on Twitter on on May 17th by uh Janito's wrestling vlog and more. Uh I believe uh Nomi might be a follower of his. So uh he posted this through uh, I think this is something from Dirt Sheet Radio. Oh no, no, correction. Let me change this. No, cool. Go I stand it. corrected. I stand corrected. I've read this wrong. They were sharing a post. This is something I found because it was a post that I wanted to read. Uh, so this was posted by Dirt Sheet Radio, and this is basically someone close to Naomi and Sasha Banks, uh, Adidas Head 88 on Twitter. So this is the person who has shared this information and is followed by Naomi. So I've clarified that now. Uh, was given permission to share their side of the story. So here we go. I'm going to read this. And we'll, we'll, we'll stop it now and then just to just mm-hmm. talk about it. So you're approaching February as being put in a tag team. After both being promised big feuds at WrestleMania, you bite the bullet and put everything you got into being a tag team. It works. You get over, win the titles at Mania, and become merch pushers. Five weeks into your reign, you show up to live TV and ready to work. You are told you'll be in the main event, and you are happy. 
You are both then told that one of you will be going over from pinning the other. So this is suggesting that... So there's a contradiction so there. There's a contradiction yeah. there. You're both told that one of you will be going over pinning the other. You have questions why that decision is made and how it all helps you. You request a meeting with your boss to discuss it. Your boss takes the meeting and everything is actually going well. He understands your concerns. The meeting ends well and the match is told to be reconstructed. So it's, it may be at that point the, meet, the match is restructed so it is actually Naomi pinning Nikki. Okay. For example. So maybe, the, so it seems like the original plan was Naomi was pinning Sasha. That or, there would be interaction between yeah. the tag team champions. Yeah. So, uh, for some reason, producers get mad about it. You then ask with one of your members going over, what happens to your titles? You are basically told that you will just be carrying the belts. They want you to use you both to help both women's champions get over more. So Bianca versus Naomi and Sasha versus Ronda, as we, as we uh, uh, referred to a bit earlier. Neither one of you will win the solo titles, and you won't defend your tag titles until money in the bank. You ask for another meeting with your boss, but this time you're being called spoiled. A producer walks away screaming. He comes back and tells both of you to fix your attitudes. You have a brief meeting amongst yourselves and decide to stand up for yourselves. You go to another boss and make it clear you just have concerns. You ask why they even you ask why we even in the match and why aren't other women in it? Fair point. There are lots of other uh, They've got a deep roster. roster of women. Let's They've, just call it like it is. Special on Raw at the moment. Um, you ask why your titles have no stories for two months. Again, you're met with fix your attitudes. So after one final meeting with yourselves and asking others, you make the ultimate decision as a team. It's sad how one side is trying to create a effed up narrative. Also, it was asked why would Nikki, Ash and Dewdrop in the match instead of starting their program tonight? Naomi nor Sasha talked down about being in the ring with either one. So the thing about people comp them complaining about being another unhappy, contradiction. Another contradiction. So that is, as far as I'm aware, the uh, Adidas uh, Adidas head eighty eight on Twitter. I think as far as a lot of people where that is the side of the story that they are presenting at the moment. They haven't, but to clarify, they haven't shared their own version publicly. It has been through this meme. So I've so as far as we're aware, there. that that is their as far as we're aware, that is their side of the story. That is correct, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my my school of thought is it's sort of twofold. Obviously, when it comes to having just... Okay, because I've not heard their side of the story, so I'm sort of constructing it as I say yeah, this yeah. on the fly yeah. here. But sometimes in life, you've got to make a decision for what is best for you personally, regardless mm. of what anyone else thinks about the decision. Be it, be it a professional endeavor, a personal endeavor. Sometimes you've just got to do what is ultimately best for you as a person. So mm. I I personally completely stand with Naomi and Sasha doing what they did. Yeah. From a professional point of view, is it how you want things to end? No. no. It's never how you want something like that to end. Should that be the ending? We'll get to that in a few moments. Mm. So I totally get it from that point of view. But if their if their supposed version of events, I say supposed just in case it ends up not being. Yeah. Uh, ends up being the case, there is clearly a really big problem with lines of communication in backstage at WWE. 
Because if yeah. you have a meet, assuming that the boss they're referencing is Vince McMahon and maybe not the equivalent of like a line manager or a supervisor. Yeah, yeah. One would assume if Vince has said, change the stuff, you can't really just argue it or you could and then get it changed mm. back. There's clearly been a line of communication here that has really broken down. But mm. that said, I do agree. Why haven't the tag team titles had anything done with them for ages? Hmm. It's ex- you're exactly right. We've had we've had makeshift teams come together. We've had Rhea Ripley and Nikki AHS. We've had Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Uh, we've had Carmella and uh, Queen Selena. It's like a lot of teams, a lot of these sort of makeshift teams just come together for a bit and then they go off on their separate ways or they break down. So all, those three I've referenced, they've all gone their own ways per se. And, in, um, and to, give a, to give an example from the other side of the coin, which appreciating it is the men's division I'm referencing, RK mm. Bro is a very big exception to that rule. Yeah, I mean, even even Alpha Academy and Street Profits at the moment is like mm. there's 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 some there's a, a lot better direction with the tag men's tag. I mean, it's still what isn't great that they're kind of putting all the eggs in with RK Bro and Usos, and we'll talk about that a bit later. But it's a clear direction. It's a clear direction. Yeah, and I think. And I think that is a, I can understand the real frustration there. I really can, because it's like, you've introduced these belts. I think Becky and Banks won the first belts at the Elimination Chamber a couple of years ago. I think this is the last WrestleMania before, WrestleMania before lockdown was when they lost the belts, the Iconics. Again, there's, we have the reports of frustration, especially Banks asking for a release back then, Mm -hmm. uh, which she took some time off. And I think that's when she went off to do Mandalorian. As well. Yeah, I mean wrong. that's that's another side of the conversation we can get mm. to in a minute. Yeah, so it's like I I get the frustration. I think I think the thing is what yeah, walking out is not a great thing to do. It's like call aheads should have kind of prevailed, I guess. But again, it's like I think many people have been in that situation where they've had enough and they they will walk and they will have frustrations. I mean, I've been in I've been in jobs where I have I've seen co-workers do that. And yep. it's it's not it's like you understand from one side, but it's very it's still quite jarring and it's still quite it just comes across as in one way it's kind of you're looking after yourself, but also it's so it's a it's a weird sort of conundrum. It it's a, a it's a lose-lose ultimately. It's a lose-lose ultimately, yeah. yeah. It really is. But the thing is, as well, again, we talk about the fallout from this. It's like, well, this is WWE, and WWE can be incredibly petty. CM in- Punk. CM Punk. Ali, for example. Yep. Ali has been sat at home for a while, and now has come back. Because probably the chances are, and it's been reported at times, that WWE like to freeze contracts when talents are either injured or they have issues like I- this. I'm sure that's happened to Rey Mysterio before when he like tore a bicep and he just basically yeah. had to stay for another year, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like if if it's a way they want to go out, if they're trying to find a way out, I don't think WWE, as much as it's a potential outcome of one or both being released, that hasn't been announced yet at all, but we don't, I particularly would not like to see it happen in that way, but it's like... It's like if WWE know the value you will probably take to a competitor like AEW, they aren't releasing you. 
It's, it's they 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 did it with Ali. Uh, Roderick Strong has been trying to get out of his contract, and mm-hmm. they've said no. Uh, it's again things are being reported on that. Um, so I I can I can sense if there's any repercussions, it's that they're just off TV and they're sidelined, either to set out the remainder of their contract, either to come back at a later point and resume their contract or whatever. It's yeah, it's where it's like it's. It's very difficult to read how WWE will take will do or will do this because sometimes it's like, say for example, we look back at the Jeff Hardy incident from last year, where Jeff seemed to walk out of a match. WWE tried to sort of say, "Well, we think you may need to go rehab," and Jeff goes, "Nope," and they went, "Okay, fine, off you go." So, and Tony Storm again asked for a release. She got it as well uh, last year as well. So it's like there are. There are scenarios where WWE will grant, and that's probably because they don't see the value. Maybe, unfairly, they don't see the value of those talents. I don't know. It's kind of like they're just kind of going, oh, it's not going to come back and bite us in the long run, is it? So, I don't know. The thing is, WWE is a global machine. Yeah. And so there comes a point where, I hate to use this phrase, there is someone else. Like, if there is a void, they will figure out a way, be it ultimately in a good way or a bad way, different discussion mm. entirely. But they yeah. can they can, they can, can just plug that gap, if you will. They can move the silhouette of a wrestler to another place in the card. They've done True. it before. They will do that forevermore. True. Now, potentially, some of the more after effects of this, let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, you mentioned Sasha has previously been involved in The Mandalorian. Quite frankly, Sasha... Is at this point, WWE probably need her far more than she needs WWE. She could oh, probably yeah. very easily at this point go into more of a showbiz career, for want of a better phrase. I think, quite easily. I think um, this was raised on I think Wrestle Talks Raw review when they were going through some of when they were going when they were kind of going was kind of doing what we're doing, kind of going through the whole thing. It's like it's funny enough. They it's like they have. And they raised the point that WWE have said on occasion they're looking they're looking to create crossover stars. They want to create crossover stars, and they've done it, and they're trying to do it with Roman Reigns. And we'll talk about Roman Reigns a little mm-hmm. bit in his contract. They've obviously been trying to do it with Charlotte Flair as well, and all that sort of stuff. But it's like they're not trying to do it with Sasha, which is strange because Sasha is undeniably popular. Again, she was able to go off. <laughs> do Mandalorian and, and and so forth and all that sort of stuff so it's just kind of like you have a star there uh, this thing's like on reflection it's like they hit the nail on the head WWE have a star with Sasha and they're just kind of going nah tag team belt but do you know what this is an age old thing with WWE though in that if it's not something that they have hit the start button on to try and use that phrase they want nothing to term, it yeah, I mean, how? I mean, this is this is a weird example to bring up, but it, it's a case in point. Look at um, the former Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona. Mm. Like he made his vlog that he was doing in his own time, off his own dime. It helped get him over outside mm. of WWE TV, and ultimately, what did it get him? He got more popular with fans, but it wasn't the WWE machine specifically that yeah. got him there. So there was never really yeah. a proper liking to it, and that's just. It's happened all the freaking time. Now, admittedly, when it comes to Naomi, I'm personally not aware if she's involved in any other ventures. I know she obviously used to be a dancer for a sports team, I want to say. I want to say she may have been a basketball cheerleader. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. I could be talking completely, complete codswallop on that. 
Well, but um, excuse me. <coughs> but she could very easily do something else in her own right. She's more than capable of doing anything. But the extra added detail to this part of the equation with Naomi yeah. is the fact that she is is she is she actually married to him? I can't remember. But she either way, definitely she is definitely married. Yeah, is married to Jimmy Uso. Now, obviously, meaning Jimmy Uso, part of the has got a pretty extended family. Let's put it that way. Which yeah. obviously includes one Romando Reigns, who is kind of a top dog, if you will, in the company. So it will be interesting to see when it comes to possible ramifications, if ultimately, if it ever comes out, because for all we know, this, this may never come out publicly or whatnot, if yeah. Roman's opinion helps dictate what happens next on the Naomi side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the reports today, or from one of the new the new sites and and the pod, and the videos I've been listening or watching, listening to, a lot of focus is on banks rather than Naomi, and mm-hmm. I think the the current the current mindset from from backstage or WWE backstage is generally they don't mind Naomi. Naomi's a they like Naomi, or they have no issues with Naomi. It seems there seems to be a concentrated focus on banks. Which... Everything that's been said, it does feel like, again, I'm, I'm saying this from the perspective of what we've read, what we've heard. Yeah. It's coming across like Banks was the main instigator of this. Mm. And not to say that Naomi wasn't sticking up for herself in this equation, but in that it was Banks that went, I'm going. And then yeah. Naomi went, I'll come with you, if that makes sense. It wasn't both of them collectively necessarily going, we're going, if that, make, if that makes sense. I hope they phrase that in a good way. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's again. It's like another another story that was that's been uh, shared uh, via uh, SE scoops through Russell again. So again, I'm looking at all these articles here, boy. Everyone, um, it's basically uh, actually fellow Funkadactyl Cameron uh, had a chat to SE scoops, um, and she and she went on record saying, uh, "My God, Naomi, she would she wouldn't do this, and I feel she wouldn't do this unless she had someone manipulating telling her how to do this." Let's best believe if I was here, coming as a Funkadactyl, we wouldn't have been having this happening at all. So, I don't know. Again, I, I like didn't even know of, that. I didn't even know that comment had come out. I said what uh, I said without that knowledge either. That came out uh, four hours ago. Or oh, that that article, yeah. which I've which I've I've quoted from um, uh, Russell Talk, came out four hours ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, again, it's like people again. Unsurprisingly, social media make it uh, a minefield. Is like. People are for, people are against, and people are just kind of going. This is a work. This is not a work. I, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think this is a work. I mean, the amount of the amount of spiel that's come out. I don't think it's a work. I mean, when remember when John, where Dean Ambrose, had, um, they WWE made a public statement saying Dean Ambrose was leaving, and people thought it was a work. He went to AEW. <laughs> yeah, there have there have certainly been exceptions to the rule. The thing is, though, yeah. anyone that thinks, and honestly, I I don't know either way at this point. I'm inclined to say this is real. Yeah, just because it's the fact that WWE put out the statement and the way it's worded. Mm. That's the key to me. The fact that they specifically mention as well. Like, what was the line? Like, Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. That is, you don't get a WWE statement like that. And if that's been designed to be that way, to get me to say exactly what I'm saying now, it's worked. 
mm. if that makes sense. But there are just certain things that are being said. Also, the fact they said the word championship belt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's little things like trousers. that. Hold up your trousers. Exactly, right? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah either way, all the, I just want what's best for Sasha and Naomi, ultimately. Yeah. No matter what happens. And... Either way, people are going to have to, for want of a better phrase, live with decisions that have been made either way. Yeah. Just got to pick up the pieces, move on. We've all been there, be it personally or professionally in some way, when something is adversely affect you or you feel you have to take a stand for yourself. Mm. And so you just got to go with it and proceed from there. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see what happens. And obviously we'll talk about it in a future episode of Bunker Media when we have more information. Uh, so before we move on, Jeremy, I think it's time to check the Cody countdown. Oh. And we're being told to ask again later. Fair enough. Okay. I think we can carry on with the show, Jeremy. Adrenaline in my soul, or whatever the lyrics are. When is Cody Rhodes? <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Where um. the hell is Cody Rhodes? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Moving on. So, um... <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ian, I'll give you a choice here. Do we want a continuous in WWE talk or do you fancy going into, into the AEW galaxy for a few Let's minutes? Let's talk about AEW because we haven't really done a lot on focus on AEW and I and I do feel bad about it because obviously we've, we, we've been kind of enraptured with a lot of things WWE lately in terms of WrestleMania and Backlash, which we'll quickly touch upon a bit later on the show. But no, I think we should talk about uh, the upcoming big show that is, of course, Double or nothing. There Sunday, twenty ninth of May, Sunday night for us here in the UK Ooh. slash Monday morning. Joy. And of course, of course, no bank holiday because of the Queen's Jubilee being later that week. So have fun staying spoiler free, folks. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, why? Why this year? Why this year, <laughs> Queenie? Why? Ah, it's all right. It's fun. Queenie. So you're, the you're way, okay, Queen. <laughs> the way I believe. Pardon me. <coughs> Sorry, bit of context, everyone. I've been a bit ill recently, so I'm still getting over it. So if I am coughing, I'm trying to hide it. I did a very bad job then. Apologies. Mm -hmm. So the way we're going to do this is we're just going to sort of go through what is currently announced for Double or Nothing. We'll touch on various points as we go along and what some of the likely matches are going to be as well. Because no doubt tonight's episode of Dynamite is going to be newsworthy in and of itself. We'll get on to why in a few moments. But the mm -hmm. currently announced card for Double or Nothing is as follows. AEW World Championship, it's Adam Page defending against CM Punk. I'm loving the way this has been built up. There have been yep. some freaking great promos. Uh, Page is facing uh, Takeshita from DDT in Japan, and Punk's going to be on commentary. And if Takeshita's match against Jay Lethal is anything to go by, if you've never seen him before, go and watch that match. It's really freaking great. This is going to be a really fun match, and I'm looking forward to hearing Punk's thoughts on it as well. I kind of like the fact that they're both kind of, they're kind of tweening a bit. So they're kind of being, they're being heelish towards the other man, but they're also trying to do it in a face sort of rally the rally the crowd way. And I think that's that's really good when you've had like two strong baby faces for a long time, especially in AEW. So I'm I'm fascinated by this match. I think this match will be amazing. Um, I think Punk's taking the title. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And also, I personally think if there was ever a time to strike while the iron is hot, I yeah. think this is the time to do it. I really like Adam Page as champion, but mm. this it just feels like there's a really good groundswell of momentum here. 
Mm. And like, it just feels like it's going to be the right time to do it. Also, it, the way the crowd is potentially going to be split that night, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be gonna something be special. It's going to be good. And I think from a long-term storytelling perspective, you've got the perfect person to dethrone him waiting in the rings with MJF. Yep. Yep, because they still haven't had their third rubber match. Yep. So, all out maybe? Or or maybe full gear? Who knows? Oh, they wouldn't let him lose. In, what, are they doing all out in Chicago? I forget. Have they announced that yet? Uh, I think it is Chicago again. And it's like, well, they've had him lose in Chicago before to MJF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want some heat, there you go. <laughs> mm. So, a women's yeah. championship. Thunder Rosa v. Serena Deeb. I'm sure this is going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. In the politest way to put it, all right, it'll be a good match. I'm not really that invested in it. Just because I haven't seen Thunder Rosa do more than a promo since she defended her belt. Yeah, I think the fact of the matter is, is like, this is this is a fresh start, so I'm I'm willing to give some more time to this. Uh, in terms of Rosa versus Deeb, it's a nice fresh matchup. We haven't really seen it before on AEW. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's going to be a good match, though. It, I'm sure it's going to it's going to be fun. I don't think Rosa will lose the belt. To be, I, I think this is kind of like I think Deeb still has unfinished business with Hikaru Shida. Mm. So when Shida is back on AEW, because I know she's currently off the card at the moment or off the roster for for yeah, that, 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 that's a complicated story. We might get to that. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, yeah if, we have, if we have time, if we have time, we can yeah. we can dip into that. But no, I I I, I suspect a Rosa retention. Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament. This tournament has been really good fun from the qualifying mm. matches through to the first round matches. It's been really good fun. The first semi-final has been determined, which if you'd have said to me in the year 2022, I would on Dynamite tonight, as we're recording this on the 16th of May, uh, 18th of May, excuse me, that we would be watching Jeff Hardy v. Adam Cole. I probably couldn't have put much money on that happening. Well, in a different universe, if the multiverse is real at all, there is a WWE ring on SmackDown where they have fought each other. And Adam Adam Cole has been called up as Budge. There you go. Out of interest, have you, because I know you haven't seen much AEW recently, did you Mm. see the Jeff Hardy v. Darby Allen match, or at least any highlights of it? I haven't seen the full match, but I have seen Darby jumping off an (laughs) awfully tall ladder. Oh, it's freaking nuts. I mean... I might curb my thoughts on this for now. I have thoughts on the Owen Hart tournament. Mm. A concern, but I'll get back to that because that may be a swayed following how okay. things go. But we've got some more first round matches tonight. The final of this tournament, the men's tournament and the women's tournament are both mm. going to be at double or nothing. So the first round matches we have remaining are as follows. Ray Phoenix v. Kyle O'Reilly, which I'm sure is going to be good fun. And mm. then we have Samoa Joe versus a Joker i.e. a mystery opponent. There could be a lot of people. It could be a new debut. There's already a couple of people. I'm thinking if it was one of them, that'd be pretty damn cool. Mm. There's also a few people who could maybe return from having been out for a while, which would be really cool. Mm. I think from a storytelling perspective, if you you really, really want to have a good storytelling perspective here, Joker's Kenny Omega. If he mm. was fit, when, and obviously it's not boy that he's fit yeah. or anything like that, but in the in in, in a in a in a Booker's world, it's Kenny Omega, and then you have potentially as your final Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. You, oh, now you he, mentioned that. Yeah. 
It, it, it sounds good. It won't happen, but it sounds good. Yeah, I think that's something they're going to want to like almost have way more build up to because you've yeah. got the whole elite thing, which we'll get I'm onto. Kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking who from a who from a free contract standpoint would make a good Joker because we still. I mean, Cesaro is on Cesaro. Is, Johnny Gargano, another one. Yeah. Oh, Gargano's a good. Oh, Gargano's I know, a really right? Good show. I know, right? Oh, so, but, a- however. If it's not going to be a new debut, mm. I think Samoa Jovi Miro would be freaking great. <laughs> yes, and Miro wins it all. <laughs> get it, get him back, get him back up to being, being the redeemer. Get him redeemed. Redeem the Miro. Give him the TNT title again, please. <laughs> Redeem him. Redeem him. No, I like that. I like that. I think. If we're looking at the people who have been announced, the final I could I could see Joe versus Cole. I could see. see Joe I versus think Cole. I think in a weird way, from a storytelling perspective, Kyle O'Reilly v. Adam Cole would be very unique. There is part it of me would- though that really wants to see Ray Phoenix and Adam Cole. As I, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be negative on the O'Reilly and Cole thing. Says we had that for a good period of time in NXT. It done. It doesn't you know need to what? be done again. I, I genuinely forgotten that. Fair point. I agree. Yes, they had good matches and they were fun matches. But I think we have. Well, I think we're all a bit. T- I think. I think O'Reilly and Cole would be a bit confused if we're told you're going to fight again. What again? You've had more We've than one the- cake. <laughs> Is this another unsanctioned match? Do I need to put? Do I need to put him through the stage again? No. All right. <laughs> See, it's They're funny you mentioned unsanctioned match. I- I'll mention this as just a quick point. Mm. So, when it comes to this tournament, I said to you a good few weeks ago now on the podcast that I was convinced that this tournament is effectively going to be kept pure. Like, everything's going to happen in the ring, as it were, and there isn't going to be any like skullduggery and such. But I will say, Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen being what it was. There was part of me that thought, I get why this match is like this, because it's an insane spectacle. But there is a part of me that's like, I kind of just wanted a straight up tournament. Like, Hmm. I don't imagine Owen Hart would have jumped off of a ladder into a pile of chairs, for example. You know who would make a good joker for the men's, just briefly? Mm -hmm. Gresham. Is he injured? Because I want to say, because it wasn't he the progress champion. I think he's no longer the progress champion now. Hang on, I'll let you look that up just to. to I want to check, but it's like part. I might, I might not realize. Uh, No, no, I don't know either. To be fair, but no, Gresham would be great, and then we would get. But then that would mean we get ROH champion versus ROH TV champion. Uh. I'm having a quick look. That's quite. I mean, hey, you know what? If we're going to have a completely new debut, Bandido would be a pretty good shout as well. If you're not seeing that him, that would before. be a good. Job. Um, come back to me on on Gresham. Not a problem. So the women's tournament first round matches that are remaining are going to be Britt Baker versus a Joker, and then we've got Red Velvet v Chris Statlander. Statlander is replacing Hikaru Shida. There's a bit of a. I won't say a brouhaha. There has been quote unquote confusion as to why Shida has been replaced. We could probably touch on that another time. Uh, just briefly, I've just read an article from Cole Toller, just to double check. He's been stri- Gresham was stripped of the Progress World title in a storyline 
element, okay. I suppose. Um, uh, there's no reference that he's injured. Okay, cool. Awesome. Good. So, good possibility. Possibility. There you but, go. And then so the semi-ladies. Yes, and in the semi-finals that we have got lined up, it's going to be Tony Storm versus the winner of Britt Baker and, and the Joker match. Then it'll be Ruby Soho versus the winner of Velvet and Chris Statlander. So a female Joker. Who could it be? I now mean, again, it's... it doesn't have to be a new debut. No. I mean, in terms of who's is anyone injured from the, from the women's side? I can't think of any. Just trying to think off the top of my head. I know Britt Baker's only recently now recovered from her very long, sort of broken wrist. Mm. Um, I mean, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. I might just be... I mean, actually, I think Layla Hirsch is injured, if memory serves. Because mm. she was in a bit of a storyline and uh, then got injured. But yeah, if it's going to be a new debut, just to get onto that side of things, in a perfect world, but I'm not expecting, given that she only gave birth literally a couple of months ago, Candice LeRae. Yeah. I would, yeah, that would be a good debut as well. Again, I don't think it's happening because of the baby. <laughs> the but, noise. but the other Darvish. person that is a very likely candidate. Now, I want to say Mia Yim may have just signed with Impact, so I'm not sure if she is available. But mm. another obvious one is the former Ember Moon, whose name escapes me off the top of my head. I want to say it's Athena. Yeah. Athena. Yeah. That would also be another one if we're going to get a new debut. Mm hmm. But yeah, I don't think I, I don't think both Jokers will be new debuts though. I honestly don't. Or it could just be a or it could just be a, a visiting star from Impact. I mean, we've we've had people from Impact popping mm -hmm. by recently. We've had mm -hmm. W Morrissey against Wardlow. Mm -hmm. So oh it it could be it could be building for a forbidden door. Yeah, it, it could, could very be, well could... be someone from Stardom or Tokyo Joshi Pro because Mm. There's loads of great Japanese talent. Also, watch the Rehovi Yuka Sakazaki match from Rampage about a week or so ago. It was great. Also, shout out to Riho when she had her match against Ruby Soho on Rampage in the tournament because when Ruby got in the ring and she started headbanging, I think I shared a gif of it. But it's a wonderful <laughs> moment where Riho just starts plugging her ears, going, "No, don't like this music. No." <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so, who do you think would what would be the Potential final from the women's tournament. I, see, to me, logic would say it's going to be Britt Baker versus either... Um, well, it'd be Britt Baker versus Ruby, I guess, because it would link back to the match at mm. the Dynamite Grand Slam and then Ruby finally getting the win. That, that's what it says to me. But it, personally, possibility. out of those people, I wouldn't mind Tony winning it. I think Tony's a strong shot of winning it. Mm -hmm. Tony's a very good strong shot of winning it. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to Baker versus Ruby, but I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it. I don't know. It's just. It's like it's. A, it's a matchup. I've obviously we've seen the matchup, but it, I don't know how it would be special. I don't. Again, I'm. This is me. This is me. Kind of engaging with the product. So it's not mm. me saying it's a terrible idea. It's just I'm not excited for that idea. To be perfect, this, this is where things are at. Like personally, I think Britt Baker recently. I'm not enamored with her. I don't know why. Mm. There's just something about. It. I don't know whether it's because she's just not the champion now, but it just feels uh, like a bit of a star is currently well, like some of the sparkle that there was with Brit. It's just it's not I, there at the moment. I think the thing is, AEW went big with Baker, and, and, and right, they, rightly they, so. They, they rightly did. But I, I, we talked about this, and I really don't want to keep repeating things. But it's like <laughs> I feel like the Baker run was kind of hampered by 
some really weird booking and storyline progression. And it just, it just, it just fizzled out. So I don't know. I mean, by all means, they can, they can get things back on track. They can do, it's like, this is not, this is never against the talent, but it's just, it's just, yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm when, as a wrestling fan, I'm not that excited when I hear Brett Baker's name right now. And that's just me. Yeah. I mean, that's a completely different story to other things, and that's perfectly fine. But it's just, it's just the way right that the dice, it, to, to use a casino-based analogy, given that it's double or nothing, it's just yeah. the way currently the dice are rolled. Mm. There you go. Next up, MJF versus Wardlow. And this is pending, Ooh. this is following on from the contract signing segment. Have you seen the contract signing segment from Dynamite? I need to watch it properly. I need to watch it properly. I'm aware of what what the stipulations are again. I think uh, he's getting whipped. It's like Wardlow has to be whipped again. It's, it's a callback to Cody. So it's yeah. the 10 lashings, and then he's got to go in a cage match against Sean Spears, but with MJF as ref. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's going to be the next two weeks leading to the match. But this segment, it's probably one of the best segments ever on in AEW because M- they're in Long Island, so MJF is being babyface. But he's being <laughs> heelish babyface. So he's doing mm. stuff like, ah, oh, I love Long Island. Even all you people up there in the cheap seats, you're still great, but you're in the cheap seats. <laughs> just, <laughs> just wonderful digs. And they did like a dark side of the ring style teaser about MJF's <laughs> career. And then Jericho was like narrating it. But even he went, wait a minute, why am I narrating this? I hate this guy. Wait, wait, he, wait, he's paying us how much? Okay, sure thing, I'll do it. <laughs> just it, and they were getting like Taz to comment about Long Island when he's from Brooklyn and stuff. There's just and they even got freaking Barry Horowitz, and he was labeled as like fame, like legendary Jewish wrestler Barry Horowitz to to give comments about MJF. This Dark Side of the Ring segment, like promo, was a masterpiece of propaganda. It was so good, <laughs> and just everything about this segment was fantastic. Go out, seriously, go out of you. If you watch one thing from Dynamite last week, watch this segment. It's so, so good. I will probably try and get that under my belt before the pay-per-view comes around. Uh, so, um, oh yeah, we have a we have a strange new pairing. Uh, mate, this is great. In the pre-show, <laughs> we're going to have Tony Nese and Mark Sterling against Hookhausen, Danhausen and Hook. Dan Housen had his in-ring debut on Dynamite last week and he lost in five seconds. It was great. <laughs> he came out with really wacky, creepy music, had a whole entrance thing going. Everyone was really excited. And then he lost and everyone was like, wait, what? <laughs> it was so good. And Hook came out, shook his hand. And now we've got the, the team of Hook Housen. It's so good. I mean, you know, you know things will go terribly well if Hook is face painted up like Dan Housen <laughs> the thing is that the way this is built up though it's like Dan Housen's been trying to get Hook to team with him mm. and he just it, there was a point a week or two ago where he just he couldn't get through to Hook and so mm. he left him a, a parting gift a packet of crisps <laughs> with a little bow on them as well in the middle of the ring and there was a moment where Hook picked it up and had that look of oh, you didn't have to get me a bag of crisps. And then he just put it back down and walked away. And everyone went, no! <laughs> just going slightly off topic, still on Danhausen. You Did you see the Danhausen cursing William Regal a couple of weeks ago? 
<laughs> it's one where he's like, I curse you. And he's going, no, no, don't you, you, you take so that good. back. It was the after, the, after the show, back. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a fun video. Such good fun. It's like, let's bring out the hometown hero. No, not you. Let's bring out the hometown hero. Come back, Hook. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, other potential matches based on recent happenings on TV. Hardy Boys and Young Bucks has been teased, I won't say heavily, but it's certainly been hinted at. AEW Tag Team Titles, it's looking like it's going to be a three-way now, which is not mm. what you would have expected a little while ago. But yep. Jurassic Express defending against Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, and then Strickland and Keith Lee, who in and of themselves are a great tag team. I'm kind of thinking it's like, they're pulling the trigger on Christian turning on them soon. Yeah, they? It's so, it's so, so I, close. I, wouldn't, I, I would not be surprised if this is where Express lose the belts. Yeah. If they, if they are defending that at double nothing. Mm. As for which team takes them, I mean, honestly, it's a pick em. You could say either and it would be great. I'm inclined to say it would be Starks and Hobbs. Okay. Because I just get the feeling that them having the belts... It and works then, with their feud with it works with their feud yeah. with Swerve and, and Lee. So, yeah. Now, okay, the TNT title picture. There's not going to be a TNT title match, most likely, at this pay per view. We've got this. We've had this proposed mixed tag match involving Paige Van Zandt and Ty Conti. Ian, are you aware? And I'm saying this as someone who is like a big AEW fan. Are you aware how? What's the best way to put this? How bad this has been. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really been paying attention to it, but I am aware of it not really kind of being thrilling, to be honest. So I'll try and sum this up as quick as I can. I'm literally going to put myself on like a timer. So Guevara was the TNT champion, had the ladder match, lost it to Scorpio Sky. At yep. this point, the pairing of Ty and Sammy and then Scorpio Sky, or like the dynamic was Sammy and Tyre heel, Sky kind of becoming a baby face, but still being aligned yeah. with the heel men of the year. Mm. Been more dissension in the ranks since he won the title, but he but Scorpio Sky wants to make the title legitimate, as it were. So it's kind of gradually turning baby face. We're getting some dissension in the ranks. Pardon me, hit my microphone. And then, <laughs> excuse me, this leads to Kazarian wanting a match against Scorpio Sky. Oh, sorry, it was actually Kazarian wanting the match against Sammy, which mm. Sky then went, look, we used to be in SCU, used to be the tag champs, we know each other. Let me have this match. You'll get the first shot, I promise. Mm -hmm. Kaz being the honorable guy he is, gives him the shot, lets him have it. Sky wins the belt. He asks for the match. We then get to this one-on-one -on -one match they have. And obviously, effect effectively face versus face. But before the match, and it may have actually been on Dynamite, Sammy effectively tells Kazarian, look, not being funny, don't trust Dan Lambert and his goons. And Sammy Guevara goes, yeah. Oh, sorry, and then Kaz effectively goes, yeah, that's rich coming from you, isn't it? By the way, your vlog sucks. And then this leads to the one-on-one -on -one match between Sky and Kazarian on Rampage. Mm -hmm. Really fun match, really solid match. Ultimately, Ethan Page and Dan Lambert come down after they were told to stay in the back by Sky. Ethan Page attacks Kaz with the belt, leading to Scorpio Sky getting the win. Mm. And then we're getting the moment in the ring of, what the heck did you do that for? I didn't want that. Ah, come here, you big hug. And it was all a ruse. So Sky 
is now full-blown face again. They've said this was our plan all along. And then Sammy Guevara and Ty come out to try and help defend Kaz and kind of are now against the men of the year and have pseudo again turned babyface, which no one wants. What? Yeah, literally. So logic would dictate we're probably going to get the mixed tag match of someone from men of the year and Paige Van Zandt against Sammy and Ty. But Sammy apparently is injured after that ridiculous ladder bump spot he took a few weeks ago. That was so, painful. So one would assume we may now get a six-man tag match if you put Kazarian with Sammy, who he doesn't like, and then Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky being with Paige Van Zandt. This TNT title picture, I was well up for Scorpio Sky being the babyface because he works so well as a babyface. Mm. I, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt to turn this around. I'm not liking where this is going right now. I, I'm not again how you how you described it. I'm not really that amoured with it, to be honest. <laughs> it, just, it just it just seems like it it well they've they they've tried to flip characters based on how audiences are reacting to a degree. Originally, that's more towards Sammy and, and Ty uh, or Tay. Sorry. Um, again, it's just like well, if this is where Paige Van Sant makes a debut, then their team's winning. There's there's no way you debut someone with with a sports background like Pedro Van Sand and then you lose. It's not happening. <laughs> it will be amazing. It will be amazingly bad if they did, but I don't, I don't know. It's just, it just it just feels like this is entirely throwaway until they can get some semblance of of a structured order of feuds for TNT. I don't I don't know. It's I, I as you can tell from me responding. I really don't care. I mean, put it this way, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're, you're as confused as you were before I told you what's happened. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. It, it's been very difficult to keep track of and just knowing who to root for, which quite frankly, when you turn the men of the year, which includes Dan Lambert, babyface, and it works because no one likes the pairing of Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, go with the flow. But again, I will give the benefit of the doubt because more often than not, AEW can turn this kind of stuff around. They've got a good track record for doing it. Then, then, the Jericho Appreciation Society versus the world, as I'm calling it. (laughs) Because it is going to be now the the, the, the JAS versus Santana and Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, and from the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson and John Moxley, most likely in a 10-man tag match. On the segment on Dynamite, when when the JAS was celebrating, when it was like, ah, you know, who the heck else is going to stand up or whatever the line was, and you suddenly heard the, the music for John Moxley begin, you just heard everyone go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was everyone knew exactly where it was going. It makes complete sense because he's good friends with Kingston. He also, he hates sports entertainers, and it's going to be freaking great. I can't wait for this. And also, we saw Regal punch Jericho and they're having a face-to-face tonight on Dynamite. Yay! Good old William. Just getting up. Getting stuck in, lads. Getting uh, stuck in. It'll be so um, good. I, I can imagine this will be like a sum, a nice summer feud because we're moving into the summer yeah. now of AEW. So I think this will this will be a feud that carries on through the summer and it will end in blood and guts. Yeah. I can't see this ending any other way. And, and as long as Jericho doesn't nearly perish from it again, we'll be fine. Or land on cardboard boxes. Oh, well, obviously, it needs to be safe. But obviously, yeah. if the cameras would not show the cardboard boxes, 
Oh, now, you know, uh, it's, a t- it's a TNA moment. It happens to everyone. Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> ah. It's perfect. It's like, it's like Kurt Angle not really pinning Jeff Hardy at a TNA event. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but but anyway. either way, though, double or nothing, once again, is shaping up to be a monster of an event. It's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I still yes. argue there's potentially far too many matches like her on most AEW pay per views. Yeah. And it's just going to be a question of who's going to one up each other. But you know what? I'd much rather it be that on paper than perhaps going into an event thinking, eh, okay, I'll, mm. I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah. Which you could say was the case for WrestleMania Backlash. But before we get to WrestleMania <gasps> Backlash, Jeremy, I need to check the countdown to Cody. All right, I'll stop <laughs> it. All right, I'll stop it. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. Where's the button? There it is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, That's Cody, Rhodes countdown was, to Cody. <laughs> Cody Rhodes was at WrestleMania Backlash. He was. Do you, do you know about the whole countdown to Cody thing? Or I, I'm aware week? that this was happening. <laughs> I don't know the full context. I just know there was a countdown. So basically, uh, WWE are under the impression at the moment that Cody's a big deal. It draws big numbers, which, to be honest, Cody has still been treated like a big deal at the moment. (laughs) So therefore, we got to get people excited about Cody. How do we do this? With a countdown clock before we set off all the pyro. There's been a really good uh, tweet from Kevin Owens saying, I want Pyro too. And it's just him in the ring holding his universal title with like uh, in the background. I think from Sid, you know, Sid had his sort of yeah. Sid. It just says balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I can't yes, but- wait for our, for our Cody Rhodes v. Kevin Owens feud. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. But um, but yes, yeah, so WrestleMania Backlash. Um it's it's it was a night of decent, really good wrestling. It was a decent show. In in, in some cases, really fun wrestling, uh, but a lot of it is throwaway tat. Is what I'm gonna yeah. say. Yeah, a decent amount felt inconsequential, but the actual, but for the but for the most part, it was a decent show. Yeah, I think uh, I think Cody versus Seth two was really really good, mm-hmm. and the fact is. They were able to tell it. They were telling a nice story as well. Of obviously, with at WrestleMania and stuff going, ah, you, you were surprised. I know nothing about you, man. And now, and then he's going, ah, plan, plan for this, <laughs> and all this sort of time. So you have this sort of, again, it goes up into crazy one-upmanship of crazy, which should be finish moves, but doesn't finish the match or trying to trying to do a crossroads or trying to do the stomp or the pedigree or stuff like that. I think a pedigree actually did happen, but uh, it ended in a two count. And then ultimately it ended with just the pulling of the tights because, because Seth Which I've got to say, tights. was a weird finish. But in terms of, but then in terms of how they, they were kind of doing one, one upping each other and trying to kind of resort to every tactic, it's basically Cody uses Seth's move against him. That's, that's all right from a storytelling perspective. Um, yeah, and also in terms of how do you justify a third match? Yeah. Like, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, that is it. I didn't expect the escalation to be hell in a cell, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, WrestleMania match. Ah, fine match. Competitive match at Backlash. Yeah, why not? Ah, let's just go straight to hell. Fine. It's not like it, it's Seth. It's Seth's second hell in a cell match in a year as well he did a crown jewel last year 
against Edge. Oh, that's why I don't remember it because it was a crown jewel. Sorry, yeah, I was yeah. like, when? But but, that, but again, that match with Edge was very, very good. So it's like, yes, there are issues with the crown jewel show, but that was a very damn good mm. match. Um, yeah, so it's probably going to be the main event of, of Hell in a Cell, to be very honest, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. No, uh, I, I still, I still think the Cody train is still rolling, and I think it's going to be a whitewash. I think Cody wins in the in the cell, mm. because if you really try, if because it can, it, it nicely moves on to one of us, one of the other stories that's kind of happened before before the whole Sasha and Naomi thing came in. Um, but in general, in, in terms of the other show, the rest of the show, uh, I liked Ronda versus Charlotte. I Agreed. I thought it was match. really I good. I think that was much better than WrestleMania, the WrestleMania match. I thought it was really, really fun. It used the stipulation well. And yeah, Ronda wins the belt. And she actually, had, if you haven't seen it on SmackDown, she has a really good match with Raquel Rodriguez, formerly Gonzalez, um, in an open challenge, which is cool. So it's nice. like, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. It's like, if we're going in the direction of like having random open challenges and stuff like that just to keep Ronda on the show and with the belt for a while, that's fine. Hmm. That's fine. And also, I've got to say, the way that they emphasised that Charlotte had been injured, I thought was very mm. well done when they had yeah. like the little backstage segment. And they, I can't remember what the exact phrasing was. They effectively used a really fancy way of saying it's a broken arm. And then they got Pat McAfee, the professional sportsman, <laughs> to explain how your arm turns and stuff like that and where like it's <laughs> fractured. It was very well done. That said, Pat McAfee had a bit of a goof on this show that got people talking on Twitter because did you did you hear the random line when he went, is that the fiend in the front row? Oh yes. <laughs> it's like, don't say that. But the fact is the child was wearing the mask. It's like what else are you going to do? I mean, I'm sure it's not an uber bad thing. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, when it's, it's someone just... who you fired nearly a year ago, I don't know, but debate for another time. Know, but but, but time. the main event but... six-man tag, though, very, very good fun. Such Start, started good fun. slow and then just escalated. And Randall Keith Orson, the audacity, the audacity <laughs> of his of the RKO on the Superman punch. <laughs> It's just, I had to rewatch that several times. It's the sheer balls of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets super kicked. He stands there going, oh, oh okay, you as well. It's like, this is weird. I've never seen Rand Randy Orton this over. And then this, mm -hmm. it, it, it's insane, but it's so much fun. It's, and again, he's on his, some of his promos, especially last SmackDown when he was talking when he was trying to get the Usos to do the tag title unification match for long last. And he and he go, he talks about John Cena being the better champion than Reigns. And then for no reason, he just goes to one of the Usos, "Hey, I've just noticed I'm taller than you." And just just and just happily bobs and weaves around the madness. It's oh, it's good fun. Uh, the the, the but, one thing that is really confusing about this match, though, mm. is at this point, like. Uh, who is going to challenge Roman next? Because in this match, you could very easily have set up a match between him and Orton, which people would have been nuts over. I think over I think over the summer you've got you've got some you've got three challenges really much there. Say tactile unification happens on SmackDown this Friday. Say Roman gets involved. Whoever he screws over, they'll get a match against him, maybe at money at the bank. Speaking of which, okay. why is this match happening on SmackDown? 
<laughs> don't know. Absolutely don't know. Absolutely don't know. So yeah, so you could so you could do one of RK Bro against Orton. Uh, no, not against or against Reigns at Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. And then as for revenge, the other partner gets a shot at SummerSlam. Again, Drew. build on the and then when you get and when you get to Clash of the Castle, you got Drew. Well, let, let, put, 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 I, say, I, I say that's the I say in, in my logic and in, in my my logic as oh, a yeah. y- Your logic makes total sense, but let, let's put a pin on that because there is potentially already a wrinkle with that, with uh, with yes. something else that has occurred recently. Oh yeah, so Roman's a new contract, so a little bit of a hub, a big sort of confusion spell began over uh, a two week a week or so ago. Basically, Roman has signed a new WWE deal. Which is not surprising. Fair play. But it does now mean it, it, it is kind of now reported that he has less dates. So it's kind of it's not like a Brock Lesnar contract, but it's edging towards a Brock Lesnar contract. It's Brock Lesnar esque. Yes, Brock esque less. And apart from the big stadium shows, there's there's so there's reason to suggest that he won't be doing much other wrestling until those big shows so if you're expecting to see him at hell in a cell nope it's not it might not he's he's not he's not advertised for it, apparently and cody is front and center in the poster so it yeah kind also, of feels, it also he, he did the advert for it because they played that on the on the back oh yeah he did, he did yeah he did the advert for money in the bank didn't he cody mm-hmm. with a weird stipulation about but when it gets a guaranteed mania shot which i think people yeah. are still confused people are still confused about and we'll probably find an idea we'll probably get an idea of what it actually means it's either the same money in the bank stuff or something's changed we don't know we'll find out never mind uh so yeah it's just it's Obviously, with Roman and his popularity, I get it. I get the contract side of things. It's kind of, it's kind of. It, I don't know if it will force WWE's hand to kind of push, push another champion. I mean, the fact of the matter is, Reigns is still going to be keeping one of those belts for a long time. If he's if he's dropping any of them, he'll probably drop the WWE Championship at some point. But again, he might not even drop. They might not make do it like it's a two separate belt thing. I don't know. It's. I think he'll just defend it as one because they're going to unify them at this point. Mm. Because because when it comes to because when Becky won both belts, did they specifically call her the like a, a special like unified term for champions? No, they 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 called her. I think they called her the un, an undisputed champion, but she still defended the belt separately. So I think at that following that year's, it might have been think, Money in the Bank actually, might it? Might have been at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. She lost one of those belts to mm. someone. I think she lost one of the belts to to us. I want to say she she faced Lacey Evans in one of the matches. I seem to recall. Yeah, there was the whole there was the whole thing of against Lacey Evans and Baron. Hmm, I'm not sure. I need to go back. My WWE memory. By the way, it happened because we remember something happened. So, and it's like when it's like when Rollins won the United States and was WWE champion at Clash of Clash of Champions. He fought John Cena, and then straight after he went face Sting. So hmm. I could imagine. I could imagine. I can imagine if we go to Money in the Bank, Cody, who will probably win it. I would be surprised if he doesn't, but I suspect he will win it, or he'll go via Rumble route. I can imagine Cody coming out and saying, "I want to cash this in, but I don't want the Universal title. I want your WWE title because that's the title my family's never had—the one that has lineage." 
Yeah, the one, the one, the one that the one that's respected, and then he wins it, and then he can bring back the the, the golden eagle one because he's talked about bringing back classic designs. It's like, yes, give that, Cody that, that, all the that, stuff. That's what he does. Yep, which is cool. And it's like again, it's like I'm 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 in, I'm still enjoying Cody on WWE at the moment. It's just mm-hmm. he see I don't know. It just he just seems more a, a, a fit. He seems more of a fit. He comes across it. like a, he comes across like a big time deal. Mm. Which, when WWE yeah. wants someone to be that way, they do yeah. a very good job of making them appear that way. Yeah, and with the whole and with the whole sort of Reigns not resting a lot over the summer, Cody's the perfect person to go here, have a ball, run. Well, basically, yeah. you, you've got you've got talents there. You've still got you still got RK Bro doing very very well. You still got Drew. You still got Cody. Even even Zayn and KO are doing good stuff, even though it's weird. I mean, there's a nice little small story running with Sami Zayn trying to kind of be part of the bloodline or trying to <laughs> snitch on people to kind of worm his way in. Imagine if, imagine in in maybe his time, Sami Zayn's the one to end the reign. You see, first of all, great, great idea. <laughs> I think that would be amazing, but it won't happen. <laughs> uh, I still think Roman is just keeping this belt until at least Rumble next year, at the earliest. What I would actually... They won't do this, because it's not their idea. But I think almost having a recurring storyline where whenever Roman's going to next defend the belt or appear, you effectively have to have like a mini tournament to kind of get people to be the one to, to earn the right to challenge him. But you can do it in the form of like a trophy that someone has to be like defending, like the right to challenge the tribal chief trophy or something. Like See, there's got to be there's not... got to be some kind of like rite of passage or something. I don't know, you know, something random like that that can be emphasized with an appalling looking AR graphic. That know? seems that seems a lot more plausible than what WWE will actually come up with. <laughs> exactly <those> right. <laughs> so I, we, I, I, oh god, no 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 sorry, carry on. I was going to say so we we've mentioned it in passing. Let, let's get onto this now. Clash at the Castle. It is taking place in Cardiff, Wales, in September. This is uh, if you're watching the video version live with us, you can see the poster on the screen just now. I think it looks pretty cool. I've got to say, by WWE poster standards, it's actually fairly dynamic. It's, it's all right. I'm going to bring it back on screen. So for audio listeners, it's Drew McIntyre right up front with a sword. Inside the sword are the souls of Becky Lynch, Cody Rhodes, <laughs> Edge. Bianca Belair and Seth Rollins, and over his shoulder, ready to do a Superman punch in front of a Welsh castle, is Roman Reigns going, ooh, ah, all that sort of stuff. And I uh, imagine he's going to be jumping from the Superman punch from that castle to inside I, the Principality <laughs> Stadium. Yes. Book it, Vince. Um, I, it's like, the post is all right. The post is very, very kind of like, it reminds you of early noughties sort of, pay-per-view posters yeah it's got it's got a particular aesthetic to it yes i think clash at the castle's a shit title oh it's (laughs) awful especially when it's in a stadium just call it clash of champions what is the wrong (laughs) it's there it's harry it would count as a big show in the uk you're taking an established you're taking an established pay-per-view name and you're taking it to england that's fine don't 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 sully up by going over. Oh, it's like, oh, there's a castle. It's a clash and a castle. No, Vince. You're not so, anywhere near the castle. Stop it, Vince. So can Stop I give it, it can I give a theory <laughs> as to why it's called this? 
because Vince saw a castle and he really likes castles all of a sudden. Can I give another theory as to why I think... <laughs> Vince, Vince watched a film about castles. He, he watched Braveheart and thought, Bra and thought Braveheart was in Wales. Or, he, or, Edge, <laughs> <laughs> or Edge told him to watch Vikings and he saw a castle and that was... Oh, no, 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 no. He saw Edge and Christian in Highlander Endgame. <laughs> That's a <laughs> cool one, bloody hell. Yeah! <laughs> so... The, the problem we've got is if you call it Clash of Clash of Champions, Clash of the Champions, the problem we've got at the moment is there ain't going to be many champions who can face each other. Well, it's not. Clash of Champions is not. No, that's Survivor Series, Jeremy. That's the one time of the year the champions go up against each other. But at Clash of Champions, it's champions defending their belts against all challengers. And that sort of thing. So there was. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry so not Clash of the Champions. Yes. Just Clash of Champions. Champions. Yes. Yes, this shouldn't be this difficult. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, this should this should be easy for WWE to just to, to come up with a show name, but no, no, they had it perfectly there on a platter, but they got described as a castle. I mean, look, uh, they had Judgment Day as a name of an event. They've now given it to a team, which is cool, and now Rhea Ripley's part of it, and it works perfectly. Yes, and there better be a Judgment Day pay per view or premium live event coming up soon. Otherwise, I will be annoyed. Because that's perfect brand synergy right there. <laughs> of all the time, it could, be, it could be done. Edge on his motorized chair could sit from the sit from the rafters, going, "Yes, that's right. Fight for the mountain of omnipotence." <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to them. Do you know what? Oh, I don't know why I've said this. I, now. I can book this shit there's, better. <laughs> there's gonna, I, there will be a match at some point that will have the word omnipotence in it. It might be like the ladder, the road, the, the road to omnipotence. <laughs> it's the omnipotence ladder match. Climb the ladder of omnipotence to grab the fabled book of dreams. <laughs> sure, it's just I don't know. It's Edge's version of the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. I don't know. Or, Ed, or Edge's new haircut. I don't know. Take your pick. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's, he's permitted. He's permitted to take his haircut. He's allowed to. So. So clash, of the, so, so clash of the Castle. Yeah, yeah. so uh, another interesting detail about this, which obviously WWE haven't talked about yet, but yeah. Drew has acknowledged in and of himself, boxer Tyson Fury. He recently had the, the ridiculously well-attended Wembley Stadium match. Mm -hmm. I don't know who it was against. I'm not a boxing fan. But in the post-fight press conference, someone brought up, probably a plant, that... You know, oh, any chance of you doing stuff with WWE again? And he basically all but said yes. To which I think he specifically referenced Drew McIntyre in his answer. Yeah. And so logic would dictate that at Clash at the Castle, we're probably going to have, in some way, shape, or form, Drew versus Tyson Fury. Which, from a UK drawing box office point of view, from a casual fan point of view, it makes a lot of sense in the world. It does. Will it be good? Fuck no. <laughs> the forbidden door of Ian's swear jar has been unlocked. <laughs> you allowed one. You allowed one. <laughs> so, yeah, either way. All right. So, okay. So, that's that point. The other detail is that pre sale ticket sales began today, didn't they? Yes. And I had a little, I had a look because I was thinking. I'll just check, just in case you never know. There, there's some nice, nice price tickets. Right. Tickets were starting from about thirty quid. Uh, so, yeah, so, so that gets you like the nosebleed seat, basically. Yeah, yeah, and that's 
fine. For, it's like for for me, the idea of if I was to go, I would I wouldn't mind as long as a I had a decent view of the ring and I was able to soak in the atmosphere. I think that's I think that's the most important thing. I really kind of wanted to kind of potentially do if I ever went to a stadium show is basically I just want to have a good time and be 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 part of be part of the environment, be part of the yeah. atmosphere. So I had a look at work today. I got my little pre code clash, put it into ticket. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Such ingenious work, Ticketmaster. Well, it might be WWE. Um, <laughs> so, and and then basically, I went. I would like to find, and I and I and I selected the cheap tickets, and I went. I want 30, it's like thirty-three or sixty. Shown what's available. We have found you two tickets for two hundred and twenty-five pounds each. What? No, I want cheap. No, you. We have found you tickets for two hundred and twenty-five pounds each. That's not what I wanted. Would you like four hundred and fifty pound t- seats? No. <laughs> No, because you I won't think see a lot anything. Because people are trying pe- to be sensible. Because people will be holding up signs. Don't get floor seats in stadium shows, people. This is a word of advice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that ain't happening. So um, I guess the question is though: Were those tickets sold in the pre-sale, or have they literally just been kept back until the general sale? I don't know. I I generally don't know because sometimes pre-sale means I, I'm not an ex. I I rarely sort of try and battle Ticketmaster to buy stuff. I mean, the last time I booked tickets for a WWE show, I think was uh, for, for NXT Cardiff, actually. Hmm. And I, and surprisingly not, I got some, de- I got, I think I was three, three, four rows from, from the ring, hmm. which was fine. But then again, not many people were, interest- were into NXT UK at the time. So it was kind of like, you just go, if you're there, like the moment they won't sell, you could get seats, it's fine. <laughs> In that sort of way, um, I, I like. I think, regardless, I think it'll be a fun event, especially for UK crowd. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, we'll see how the we'll see how the card pans out. But I think all, all I would like is good wrestling and sensible storytelling. Oh, I know yeah. half you, of that. You've jinxed it now. I know half of that is only going to come true, and that is the sensible storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy has just risen his eyebrow at me, and I don't think he likes the, liked that thought. I mean, I, I I admire your optimism. No, it's going to be a two-hour salute. It's going to be it's going to be a two or three-hour salute to a British wrestling star who is still with us, and they won't turn up. How much oh, well. do you want to bet? How much do you want to bet there will, in some way, shape, or form, be a dragon and or a sheep involved in this show? Oh, they'll just call up Ilya Dragunov just to say he's got dragon in the name. <laughs> but- He's not even Welsh, but he's got dragon in the name. From Cardiff. Him. From Cardiff, by way of Russia. It's like, <laughs> it's like, Igor. <laughs> Igor, dragon man. God, I mean, oh, either God. way, from a spectacle point of view, it's going to be something special. I'm, yeah. I on a, it's like part of me is interested in going. But honestly, I think if I'm going to do it, I'd much rather like go into like a, a like a big pub or something and just watch mm. it in there with a bunch of people. I mean, I was kind of thinking that as well, but hotel prices around Cardiff at the moment are ridiculously expensive. And it's yeah. kind of, or, even, or even just try and make a big day trip of it or something. Yeah, I, it's like because I, I, the nice thing is it's a UK show, which means sensible times for the WWE Network viewers or BT mm. Sport box office. That means. <laughs> You know what has actually been, quick side tangent, you know what has been fun the past couple of weeks of Rampage? The fact that from a UK time slot point of view, because it's been earlier in America, the show's aired at like 10.30pm. It's been great. Lovely. See, it's like, 
It's like I think when the clocks when the clocks come forward, everything starts at midnight. When the clocks go back, everything starts at one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that little bit of a difference that just goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we we've got about what seven minutes left of the show. Yeah, so uh, I, so yeah, so WWE the night show at the moment. Um, Hell in a Cell is happening. We've got Cody versus Seth Free. Should be fun. Becky versus Bianca. Uh, uh, no, Bianca versus Oscar again. Should be a good match. Uh, nothing else has been announced. Tag team belts are being unified on Friday at SmackDown. Part of me thinks, and this again, this is me wanting to do some happy Ian booking here. <laughs> I I generally would not like the match to actually have a finish on Friday. I want them in Hell in a Cell. I want them in the cage. Because Usos, because Usos had a really good Hell in a Cell against New Day at, at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. So I think with an on-fire RK Bro, they can have an absolute brawl and it will be fun. RKO is for everyone. Everyone wins. Everybody gets an RKO. You get an RKO. <laughs> oh god! Even the oh, what was it? The oh, Riddle's RKO on on <laughs> from the one from on, the top on, rope, or whatever it was. On on Montez Ford. Montez Ford does his does his giant big splash. Frog splash. Riddle hits him with an RKO. It, this when RK Bro break up, it will happen one day. And we'll it is sad. going to be the hottest feud in WWE. Ah, mm. uh, but it's like it'll be the battle of the RKOs. Is it the Riddle knockout or the Autumn knockout or the Randy knockout? I don't know. Maybe I'll have like a know. battle of the O. Why can't Why can't they each win the World Championship? Uh, Randy can win the WWE Championship because then it helps him with his tally, and Riddle can win the Universal Champion, and they can have all the belts. Give them all the belts. If Roman can have all the belts, why can't they have all the belts? It'd be fun. Think of the anarchy, it would happen. <laughs> Good use of the word anarchy, I like it. And you know what does sometimes cause anarchy as well is uh, sometimes when you travel around the world and you get uh-huh. some interesting bits of news you perhaps weren't expecting, but it certainly raises an eyebrow because where are we going, Ian? We're going around the world of wrestling. Da, 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 so there's a cut. There's, there's two bits of things to mention. I'll do the second one we were going to mention first of all because I think it's the, the easier one to quickly touch on. Wheeler Yuta is currently competing in New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors tournament, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So he won't be on Dynamite for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, potential mild spoiler if you've not seen the recent New Japan shows. I haven't, but I'm at least vaguely aware of this. Robbie Eagles, I believe, defeated Yuta in the tournament. And seemingly in his post-match uh, interview, basically demanded a shot for the pure championship because he's pinned the champion. Mm. So we could well have one of our forbidden door matches now in the works, which is pretty cool. It'll be a really good match. Robbie Eagles is a really good wrestler. Mm. So there's a random Should bit. be fun. Should be fun. The other interesting thing, if in, your, if in my 22 prognostication brain, you'd have said to me, Ric Flair's going to have one more match this year. Given what he has been through, let alone what's been said about him, slash what information has come out about him in recent times, I wouldn't have put this on the cards for this year. Apparently it's going to happen later this year. I think it's during SummerSlam weekend. July 31st. So Rick's been training for an in-ring return. He's 73. He's going to do it at an independent wrestling event from the Nashville Fairgrounds, billed as a Jim Crockett Promotions, the event Ric Flair's last match. 
will uh, will be produced by uh, Fuzio, a Trillo company, and air on Fight. Um, basically, I think it's supposed to be uh, like a, I think he wanted it to be like a tag match or something, and I think they were trying to get uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, or Ricky who apparently Steamboat, has declined said, to be part of it. And said, "Ha ha, no." Yeah, I mean, there, there, there have been rumors that maybe FTR would be involved, which would make mm. sense in some ways. Yeah, but, uh, but I think this is also this is a Conrad Thompson production as well. I think from like ad free show fame and whatnot. So, yeah. pardon me. <coughs> so it will be interesting to see how this works out. They've also announced a roast of Ric Flair to take place the same weekend, and I'm sure some people have got stories for him, depending who they get. Um. This is the thing, right? Ric Flair undoubtedly probably had one of, if not the greatest wrestling retirements you could mm. ever dream of for a career. Regardless yeah. whether he ultimately wanted it then or not, it was absolutely perfect. The aftermath on Raw the next night with everyone coming out, the reuniting of the horsemen, the whole Leave the Memories Alone song, everything about it was freaking perfect. Yeah. Then he had a match in TNA. And it's just... I, I mean this with all due respect. I don't want to see Ric Flair in another match. Partly because he nearly died last year. Mm. Literally. He was all but... If I recall correctly, he was all but on his freaking deathbed. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just... It's like... I, I, I can imagine it. I, I can see it obviously being... And uh, just I think just obviously stay relevant in the world of wrestling, I, and I get that. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going out my way to watch this. It just, no. it just, it just feels, it just feels like so. It just feels like Ric Flair is trying to show that he's still Ric Flair. It's like we know you're Ric Flair. <laughs> we always know you're Ric Flair. Just stop being, stop doing wrestling now, and just take retirement with grace, please. Yeah, I mean, in a weird sort of way, knowing what the match is going to be will be the real tell-all. Yeah. If it's going to be something where people are like, that's it, then it's not going to go down well. Also, from what I have heard as well, the Nashville Fairgrounds, I want to say is where TNA used to run. Like, that's their oh, okay. original, like, asylum venue, which also, from what I've heard anecdotally and sort of listening to your old other podcasts and stuff, apparently is a bit of a dump. I don't know that for okay. a fact, but apparently it's not the greatest venue in the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'll I wish see. nothing but the best in this endeavor, but based on recent things that have occurred, both to him in his health and things that have come out about him in documentaries and such and other stories that have come to light, mm. probably not something you should be doing, quite frankly. Probably not, no. Probably not. And oh, you can you can a million percent bet WWE ain't having squat to do with this. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So no, no doubt in the coming in the coming weeks on podcast we we will update as slash if needed if there's something worth noting. But yeah, I I don't have any intention of watching this. Not out of any disrespect. It's just I don't want to watch it. Fair enough. I mean, if something massive happens, we'll find out. But business as usual for everyone else i suppose exactly so with that being said sir i think it is time to wrap up the show all going mm -hmm. well everybody our next bunker mania podcast will be live on june the first 
when we will be talking about AEW's Double or Nothing and no doubt some other complete randomness that's happened in the world of wrestling that no one expected because <laughs> not a day goes by when something doesn't happen. And uh, good sir, how can people get in touch with us if they would like to do so in the coming weeks and months? Well, if you would like to send through your thoughts about Double or Nothing after the event has happened and ahead of the uh, show on the 1st of June, then you can do so by dropping us an email over at bunkerzilla at bunkerzilla.co.uk. There you go. Nice and simple. There we go. Thank you very much for joining us live today, everybody. From myself, Jeremy Graves. From him, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we will talk to you soon and have a good week. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.